Hey, what's up? This is Victor from Dune, and you're listening to Procast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Randy Salo, and I've got a call in from Edinburgh today from Victor from Dune. Hey, man, how you doing? Good, Randy. How's it? Uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually a big fan for uh, a couple of years now. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, a colleague, Kai, who people who follow my stuff know him as a guy that I worked together with at Freaks TV. He turned me on to your stuff some years ago, and I just scooped it all up on Bandcamp, and I've been following ever since. So this is great to finally meet you in person here, at least uh, over the over the Skype uh, internet. Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk because you have a new album coming out, a very anticipated record. Uh, Ataman Anka comes out March 19th via Metal Blade Records. How are you feeling about it? Uh, great. Um, you know, it's been an album we've been sitting on for uh, a few months now uh, because, you know, with the pandemic, we had to postpone and change our plans a little bit. Uh, so it's been something we were like, you know, quite eager to uh, release because we, like, like a year ago, it was ready to be released, you know, but uh, a year ago happened what what happened, you know, but... Uh, so no, we just we're like super excited to see what, how people are going to react to things. Uh, the reactions of the of the two singles we've released uh, and the EP uh, that we've released in November has been amazing so far. Um, but you know, for us, it always takes the album to really understand the the the, the concept of the you know slightly conceptual, and we try to make something that is. Uh, 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 consistent uh, piece of music. So the album is our favorite uh, format, essentially, for uh, for people to listen and, and discover our music. Let's start with a little prelude because you mentioned it just now. Um, it, on November 6th, you kind of surprised us with the EP release for Omega Severa, and uh, that included a track from the record and as well as a, 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 re, a sort of remake of Blade and Carapace from the Aurora Majesty EP from a few years ago. I remember, I think, in the press when you were talking about it then, this was sort of a holdover for fans because you couldn't get the album out in time, and so you brought out this EP to like um, keep people's interest in, in, the, in the album to come. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it's exactly what it was. Um, it's just, it was a mix of frustrations and trying to be creative on how we can bring something to the fans who were waiting on this album, you know. Uh, but I think it's mostly for us, you know, we do we do things for us, uh, uh, most and foremost. So the way we wrote music, the way we, we put st stuff out is usually just for us. Because um, when we started, it was, you know, it's like like every band, they, they end up playing for themselves, you know. So for us, we were like, ah, you know what, we need to release some new music. We're really happy with the music and we're like, let's just give a little taste or something that is not giving away too much from the album. Um, and it still ended up being like uh, this consistent piece of music, which is still is like 20 minutes of music with two tracks, uh, which is something that happens with progressive and post-metal, I guess. <laughs> um, but then then the good stuff as well is we wanted to uh, acknowledge what we've done in the past and kind of try to unify those the new version of the band, uh, you know, with the added uh, synths uh, that we've got on this album uh, and start refreshing some of the stuff because the thing that happens a lot, even with the stuff from Asheron, is we refresh our music a lot when we go and play them live because uh, we kind of want to make the best version of it because every time we look back at tracks and we're like, hmm, 
this track is cool, but we, we like playing it because fans are kind of expecting us to play it. Uh, it's a case from Asher and stuff, but we never really, there's, there's always like stuff we wanted to fix back then. Uh, so we kind of, you know, we just, when the scenes arrived, we, we made changements and we adjustment essentially as we are going. So now we very, very uh, much was the case for of Brave and Carapace. So we wanted to just, you know, bring it back out and just uh, bring it out with Omega Severa because they, they, they felt like they were all right together anyway for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I felt that way too. Um, was this, I believe this was the first, the, the EP was the first release you did together with Metal Blade. Is that correct? Uh, yes, um, it wasn't meant to be. Same story, uh, Metal Blade obviously have to be flexible right now with what's going on in the world. Um, so we were just like, you know, it's, it's not something that costs a lot of money. There's no risk involved with it because it's just a, a, a digital thing. You know, it was on Spotify, it was on uh, Bandcamp. We didn't do any presses, uh, vinyls or 7-inch or 10-inch or whatever format you want it to be. So there weren't really any cost involved with it. Uh, it was just like a little uh, seat as a promotion, promotional thing, kind of uh, um, activity rather than just uh, uh, like a, an actual release, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I mean, now that you're with Metal Blade, um, I, I mean, I've seen your your fan base growing in the underground in the last years as I also joined in. Um, but now with releasing on Metal Blade, it feels like the doors really can open up for you guys and get you out to more. How do you see that relationship working um, f for you and like what your plans are for the future? Uh, great, man. Honestly, the the one of the reasons... We, we we still have a very much uh, we still have a very strong DIY uh, uh, way of thinking, um, which people seems to uh, um, forget about bands that sign on these big labels. You know, uh, this, these labels are pretty big, but it's not a label doesn't mean what it used to uh, like 20 years ago and stuff. And uh, and while you've got bands, I see bands sometimes we go on tour with bands and they've got like you know managers and tour managers and guys who take care of them. Um, it's not really the the way we do things with Dune. Um, the way we do stuff with Dune is very much we 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 work together as you know the, the three of us, Dan, uh, the me, uh, to make sure we can handle most of the things that we are putting out. Uh, and it goes from social media to management, uh, talking with the different agents and talking with a uh, with a uh, with a. Um, label as well so having the label for us was really at some point we, we were considering maybe one day oh let's do stuff ourselves let's release some music ourselves and you know these kind of things but having the label gives brings so much security for us uh, and so much of like you know we don't have to worry about where the money is going to come from uh, for the next album advance you know uh, we don't have to worry for like uh, marketing and pr and all these kind of things so for us, it's great. We've got this platform now where we can just focus on what really matters for us right now, which is uh, writing some music and, and getting better at, at playing shows, but also like all other creative elements like um, live production kind of thing. You know, we, we're thinking about doing projections and maybe stuff that are a little bit different uh, and then uh, start going going into like uh, like more music videos and like more live uh, videos that we need to do right now because there is no gigs, obviously. So that's great because now we can focus, we're focusing pretty much on like 2021 and 2022 and then we're going to be able to start focusing on the next album cycle and the one after again. So that's that's great for us because uh, again, like we, we, we already haven't, we've started writing some new riffs for the new album, but we already have a pretty strong idea of what the concept's going to be about. 
uh, and the next kind of thematics uh, that we're going to start for focusing on. So we very much, we're always like focusing like a couple of years uh, ahead in like, all right, in 2022, maybe we're going to enter the studio again. And this is when demos are need, gonna be, need to be there. So having the label there on, on top of that, it just gives us uh, uh, confidence that we can, we actually, we're going to be able to release it and we're going to be able to uh, share that with our fans, you know, and that's, that's super cool. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, you guys, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're really putting a lot of thought into the future. And of course, that's that's great for your planning and stuff. So, but uh, let's back up. I mean, we're on album number three, I believe. You had uh, Progenitor in 2013, Asheron in 2017, and now uh, with the release of Adam and Anka as your third album. Uh, I wanted to ask you first about the concept of the record, because I have some questions about how you achieve the sound on it. But I feel like the concept for you guys is so important to have that fixed. And then you go in and, and work on the sounds and create them. I wonder if you would talk to us first, like, tell us what is the story behind this record? Um, yeah, uh, I guess essentially the story of this album uh, is about uh, this the rise and the fall of this civilization, uh, and this society essentially uh, is built on the on this. Uh, there's a, a very strong technology that they discover that allows them to access uh, uh, eternal life. But the the technology itself uh, is not that straightforward to use, and uh, uh, and essentially this technology ends up being uh, within the hands of the wealthiest, that the elites essentially, and. Uh, as time goes, uh, the society gets more and more uh, socially uh, uh, classified, like stratified. You know, you just end up having like different kind of caste uh, within the society. And and what ends up happening is, with years and like years and generations, uh, the the bottom, t- like the you know, everyone but the elite starts seeing the elites as these kind of uh, godly figures because they are the only one who have access to these eternal life things, and they've got so much wealth and so much, you know. They are so separated from the rest of the world that they are start, starting seeing them as, um, you know, um, divin- divinities kind of thing. So that's kind of the, the kind of the basis of the concept. But the the, the interesting elements for us for that uh, was the fact that we could, we could focus on several thematics that we care about, um, and some of them were like uh, our relation with power. Uh, you know how man kind uh, usually end up using some kind of technology or some kind of wealth or whatever to kind of gather that for them and what goes behind their heads uh, and, and why, do, why do we do this essentially. And then you've got um, other elements, themes that we wanted to talk about like meritocracy, uh, some other uh, themes like, uh, uh, yeah, the fact that there's another important element on the album which is uh, uh, social conformity as well uh, because it's all about that. It's about the fact that the society is allowed to happen because people are buying into it and people are buying to the fact that, you know, there's this meritocratic kind of uh, thing going on where you can maybe uh, gain eternal life, uh, but it's not really the case. But then you've got, you've got uh, in, in one of the track, Mleka, you've got people starting, starting seeing the, uh, uh, the world for what it is and starting seeing it from the outside pers- perspective. And, uh, and, and this is kind of like the different thematics we wanted to, uh, to, to go through the, with this album. Uh, Stuff that, you know, were close to us in, in some ways and stuff we discovered, you know, as we grew up kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the concept of the album. Yeah, amazing. And of course, a lot of that, you know, we can, I think we can all reflect on those things in our own times. 
especially with uh, how truth is perceived and who believes what truths and how it's easy to get locked into those into those truths and believing those things and and having a hard time seeing outside of those. Um, I, yeah. I think so. I think like we, we don't want, you know, obviously uh, I, I, I'm, we don't, we're not a huge, like usually a political band, yeah. uh, but arts by definition is always a little bit political, you know, uh, but that wasn't the, the point. The point was more, you know, to talk about a, a, a compelling story for us. Uh, and then on top of it, you know, I, I, I find like all good sci-fi usually has a ground in reality, you know, so that's kind of what we've done with uh, with this concept. Yeah, great. Um, so how how then do you take a concept like this and put it into music? I mean, I'd just like to say at the top, like this album is like both heavier and more crushing um, than the albums before, but it also has like this new element of yeah, cinematic soundscape and. Um, maybe even mellow is not the right term um but rather like yeah yeah kind of music for the inner eye you know where you kind of go in and like it kind of carries you somewhere else so uh how how did you go about creating what inspired you to to go in this direction musically um so because part part two things uh i think what we've realized with asher and nation was a bit more like free-flowing uh, I'd say, and uh, sometimes would go heavy. Uh, it, it, it is a heavy record as well, but the, yeah. the clean parts are not as clean. Uh, and we kind of wanted to go in there and just go, you know what? When we go clean, we're going to go like super clean and uh, uh, like completely change amps, change guitars and all these kind of things. Um, and then when we go in heavy, we're going to go super heavy. And uh, I cannot talk about all the stuff you talked about as well. You know, the cinematic kind of vibe that you can have through the album. We are talking about synths. Uh, synths is uh, something I've been uh, uh, wanting to add into the band for a while. We start putting small elements of it in Asheron for like transitions and stuff. But I was like, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna push this on this album. Uh, and we start taking someone with us on tour, uh, like a live uh, uh, synth uh, guy, uh, before we start writing this album. And then I start buying tons of synths myself. And then the thing that Help, like the scenes got in, into this and really helped filling those gaps and, and, and freeing some space as well in some way. So, so the way it does is when you want to go heavy and you've got a, a four piece with just no synths in general, you'll just have to rely on guitars and bass and distortion. With a sing, with a synth, you just go like hit those really like heavy sub basses mm-hmm. and it just has this weight uh, instantly and it's just like you feel it. And it's like you hear it a bit, but you feel it. You know, and um, and that's 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 probably why you think this album is heavier because I think it's partly due to the synths, you know. And then for the cleaner part, well, if you just have clean guitars, it's going to sound like a uh, it's going to sound like a rock band. But when you start putting like uh, uh, other element textures and stuff like that that come from the synths or come from like other instruments that we use in uh, in the studio, like uh, we have this little. Um, wood uh, wind instrument kind of thing uh, that we've used that make drones as well. Uh, we put that all over the album. Uh, we do a lot of stuff where we go in the in the in the place and record with like and, and create feedbacks to create these kind of strident, really like you know aggressive noises are in the background in a lot of stuff. Um, so we've done that again with those clean moments. So those clean moments are really clean, but they become cinematics because you've got so much uh, going on in terms of textures and and these kind of things. Um, 
And just to finish with that as well, I also should add that we've really pushed our uh, relationship with our uh, producer, mm -hmm. uh, which is Graham. Uh, Graham. Graham has been was already our producer for uh, uh, Asher, and but he wasn't as involved as he has been on this album. Uh, here we 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 thought with him how we're going to split the the songs uh, within the album. We we were thinking very much about the LPs, like the CD side of things. We didn't really care too much about it. Neither was uh, Uh, the digital side of things, we just thought, right, let's let's think face A, B, C, D of the LP and, and let's produce this album uh, just for this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sh shout out to Graham, he's, he's, he's great and uh, I know we're going to work with him again because he's just another, he kind of is a member of the band uh, in, his mm -hmm. own, uh, in his own right because he just brings a very interesting element to our music uh, um, He's able. He's, he's allow us to transform our idea sometimes into something that's like you know, oh, this is kick-ass, and and we listen to it, and we're like, like without the first mix being happening, we're like, this sounds pretty cool. Let's let's go. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Graham Young. So, um, as a producer, is he also coming at it um, from the from the engineer side as well, helping you create the sounds that you're that you're imagining? Like like you said, you would go into a space and create uh, feedbacks to create like this atmosphere for some of the Melora parts. Is is he also kind of influential in, in how to capture ha the sounds that you're looking for? Yeah, I'm 100%. He's, uh, he's very much, uh, uh, he's very hands-on. Um, he'll, he'll be telling me, like, we had tons of moments, you know, like, I'll give you an example. Like, see, in, in Omega Severa, there is um, a solo section uh, on which uh, our friend Lisa uh, Robertson did some vocals. Yeah. This is a year that we had for Asheron, but we couldn't find the space to do it for Asheron because we didn't have this moment where it was, like, you know, this big kind of Pink Floyd yeah. uh, open where I can do a solo and then someone can come on vocals and do something like that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's something that we thought about and Graham was putting, putting on the table and, he, and then he started talking about, you know, another reference, which was Deftones kitchen, uh, kitchen uh, knife or knife party. I can, I think it's knife party. Um, and, uh, just, that, all these elements, these influences that we've discussed, these kind of studio stories, uh, We're always in the back of our of our minds. So Graham helped us pushing for those and and going a bit crazy sometimes and maybe a bit over the top. Loads of stuff we've done we 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 didn't even use them, but sometimes we're just using some stuff and trying some stuff. It end up happening, you know. And and that's that's super cool. I like that. I think it's probably the most fun part of being in the studio with a good producer is that guy just throw ideas at you and you're like, that's cool. Let's try it. And uh, and vice versa, to be honest. Yeah, cool. Uh, I want to actually ask you about Lisa, but first, before we get too far away from the synths, I just want to ask you a nerdy question. So, what synths are you using? Like, what, which, which tools did you did you get to make these sounds? Um, uh, a lot of good shit. Um, pardon uh, my French, but no, <laughs> lots of good stuff. Uh, we've used um, a lot of Moog. So yeah. the grandmother is one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. The Sub Thirty Seven is one of them. Um, these were used so much uh, for leads and for uh, subs. Yep. Uh, then for pad padding sounds, uh, a Prophet uh, Rev2, uh, which is like uh, this amazing analog uh, synth. Uh, we also used the Nord Electro uh, uh, A4, lead A4, that's what's uh, the name of it, uh, which is cool. It's not analog, but it brings some other stuff to the table, which is, which is interesting. And then we use the Juno, 
mm -hmm. 06, uh, the first one, like the old school one, uh, which uh, was a bit temperamental because it's like a really old uh, synthesizer, uh, but it sounds amazing. Uh, used also a little bit of roads, uh, and I guess all these things are cool, but another element that you need to highlight is also uh, what we were using it uh, in conjecture with. So we, we were using it with uh, some different type of reverbs and, and tap delay. So like we had a space echo uh, box as well. So we're plugging stuff in and, you know, trying trying stuff in as well. Sometimes some distortion, uh, fuzz and what's not. Um, so yeah, man, I think I think these were the main five synths we've used uh, on that, which is quite a lot of synths, uh, yeah. uh, I realized. But that that's a studio stuff, but... Um, I'm pretty anal when it comes to these kind of things and in trying to recreate the album live, we don't do things like, uh, uh playing to a, uh, we put, we don't even play with a click track, you know, it's not, it's not the kind of band we are. We, we kind of are quite free flowing and, uh, I don't, I don't particularly love going and see a, seeing a band and there is like huge element of scenes, but there is none of it live. It's just a, a, a backing track. And I know it, they have to play with a click and stuff like that. It's not happening. Uh, I don't like that. So we, we, bought quite a lot of scenes uh, after the recording part of the studio uh, because we wanted someone to just jump on the scenes and do this thing. So we, we've, got, we've got this crazy prog since uh, stands now. We've got like two scenes there and two scenes there and I'm behind it. It's completely over the top, but it's, it's wonderful. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. That's a great way to... I wanted to ask you later about the, how you would like to sh bring the show on the road, and that certainly would have been my question. How, to, how do you bring these synths? And I guess you're literally just going to bring the synths with you. So that's... A hundred percent, yeah. A hundred percent. Man, it's it's such an important instrument on this album. It does bass, leads, uh, and, and pads, you know? And I'm like, right, we're going to just have an iPod and play that or a laptop on a session and play that. And I was like, nah, let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's, uh, you know, like I love progressive music, but, uh, I, like, I think we're very much, um, a band that is in, uh, a, a scene that is, a, we're not really in a progressive scene. You know, when we go and play festival, we tend to go and play with like, uh, doom bands, post metal bands, uh, grindcore, death metal, black metal, uh, a lot of this stuff. And, uh, and the, the jam and improvisation side of things, sometimes, you know, between tracks and stuff like that, it can happen with us. Uh, so I wouldn't feel very comfortable just going and play a show and just play the same show, exactly the same show every night. That's, that's not really us, you know. Right. So playing to a click track or to like background sense would, would make it difficult to be spontaneous, I guess. Uh, yeah, 100%. And just not fun i guess uh, i guess it's 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 hard like i wouldn't say it's safe because it's hard to put in place so uh, um you know well done to all these bands who are doing it because i get it uh, uh, it makes sense it's easier for the road it's cheaper for the road and stuff but it, we're doing this because we want to have a good time you know so uh, uh for us it's more about what feels right what's going to be cool and fun to do uh, when we're on tour uh, one more question about um, um, about Lisa's role. Lisa Robertson uh, did some vocals on here. Uh, in particular, the Asphodel um, track it was particularly like haunting and 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 beautiful. Um, and she also did some spoken word stuff. And then, of course, the section you talked about in Omega Severa, where it has this sort of dark side of the moon uh, kind of gospel choir to your solo yeah. sort of thing, which is just course amazing throwback um so but she's so she's a friend of uh, our producer more than she's a friend of us uh we met actually during that session um 
she's super uh, talented uh, and classically trained uh, singer. So uh, the idea we had the idea on. On, on paper, I was like, right, this is the kind of vocals we want. We didn't have like a clear melodic line because for us, it's meant to be an ad lib thing. You know, we just had. Uh, so what happened is Dan and I wrote the lyrics and the vocals together uh, with some buffering of the rest of the band. You know, they get involved in, in at least, you know, having a say on if it's cool or not. But when we had that, we knew where we wanted Lisa to sing and speak. Uh, we wanted um, a different type of vocals than us. Uh, because Dan has a, has a very strong uh, accent from Yorkshire. I've got uh, the strongest accent in the band. The rest of the band, um, our drummer's got a very strong Scottish accent. Same with our producer. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like space when you've got our kind of accent. Uh, or like, you know, like it's, it's a conceptual thing. It kind of breaks it a little bit with our accent, you know. Uh, so we wanted someone who has maybe had something, a, a voice a bit more neutral and, and a woman as well, because we thought it would bring something different. Um, and she did some vocals where she's kind of meant to be the matriarch, which is one of the songs, uh, the matriarch, it's at, at the end of it. Yep. Uh, and it's meant to be the ceremonial thing. So then that made up a language for this. Uh, then, uh, then she does, uh, the, the solo kind of wailing, uh, thing. And it's in my head, she still is meant to be the matriarch, but it's, it's more that this texture that it adds to the to the solo, you know, it just makes it like so epic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then the the end song uh, is actually very different. So the the vibe we had for this was more uh, a lullaby. It was meant to be like in this album, it's a moment where uh, the the elites of that society they, they they leave the planet and they go to space to keep on expanding their universe because uh, they leave a planet that is just a, a total shamble essentially. And uh, as they leave, it's about uh, this moment where nature reclaims the planet. Um, and and Asphodel is really this song. So we wanted, like, the she was meant to be a mother telling the story of, of the land, essentially, uh, to our to our baby or to our kid. Uh, that's why she sings, like, the way she sings. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so it's kind of soothing, but at the same time, you've got drones in the background that are kind of building up tensions a little bit, and then he ends up going into something pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's that was kind of uh, our involvement. So yeah, she went in as a session, and she just pretty much did everything in half an hour. Uh, so you know, you're just like, cool, that's easy going. She just a couple of takes, and it's it's pretty much uh, ready to go. You know. Yeah, I had this sense of the lullaby for sure, and actually from the production standpoint and that track, I was actually listening to headphones when I when I heard it, and I was like. Wow, you could have just like drenched her with a like with like no uh, pre delay on the reverb, and just had like her like far in the background in a way. But instead, she she feels like she's like in your ear, you know, she's mm -hmm. like whispering in your ear. Except that she has the tail, like so you, it feels like she's in this like huge space, but that she's like really singing close to you. So that, I thought that was a great production technique for the moment, and also um, fit that lullaby feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very much what it was. Uh, and like, you know, having, again, having the, the clear concept uh, before we entered the studio helped with these kind of things because it, it helped us inform and make decisions on what the production, like, especially for Graham, it helps him understanding, well, this is what, how you need to make this passage, you know, or, or this moment of the song, uh, because this is this is what this song is all about. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think, I think you really nailed it. Yeah. So now when 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 the world gets to a better place and you guys can hit the road fully, how do you plan to bring your vision to the stage? Um, so 
yeah, first we've been uh, obviously like we are pretty much ready to go in terms of like uh, uh, the live side of things uh, for the music anyway. Uh, so we figured out our sound. Uh, we've done like the good things about COVID uh, to a degree for uh, for bands. The only good thing about it, uh, it kind of gave us the opportunity to spend time doing videos. And, uh, and you actually realize uh, some stuff that don't necessarily work in terms of sound for your live sound. Uh, so it gave us like this kind of a buffer, like a, a bit of like buffering time where we could like see how we look live because we do so many videos and, and sound live. Uh, and then it kind of give us some idea for like production stuff. So ideally, the way we're going to tour this, uh, we, we, we've got a couple of tours at the end of the year uh, in the UK and in Europe. Uh, mm. if they happen, of course. And uh, we're going to try to do, uh, like, we're not going to be able to do the full song, the full album anyway, because uh, most tour support will probably be, like, you know, be within 45 minutes kind of thing, 40, 45 minutes. Mm. Uh, but we're certainly going to have a couple of shows where we're going to, you know, take time to do the full album. Um, and so we don't have to make too much sacrifices uh, in terms of, like, sound and stuff, because we've got an extra member uh, and also because we're quite good as well at understanding what people will hear. So see, for instance, all these elements, uh, these kind of uh, drones and stuff like that, you're never going to hear that live. Uh, you, you know, you need to, we need to pick and choose what's, what's really is important. And we've already done that work and we, we know when it works, you know, and uh, I think, I think it's, it's, um, it's very close to the album. Obviously it's a heavier version of stuff that we do on the album because it's live. Um, so, yeah, that's that's for the music. And then visually, um, we want to do projections and stuff like that uh, when possible. Uh, and if not, trying to bring a light show uh, where it's possible. Um, but if, if that doesn't happen, it's also not too much of a, a big deal because, um, as I was telling you, we, 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 we do jam and we do like the kind of improv stuff. So we could be playing uh, on a stage in an afternoon at a festival as well. It, it wouldn't really matter. We'll just, the energy will be different and the tracks we'll probably bring on the table will be different. Uh, so yeah, we've got different, different ways to do it, man. Different ways to do it. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. And can't wait to see you on the road. Um, uh, any, any plans to adapt the story into like a graphic novel or novel or anything like that? Would absolutely love to do that. We've talked about it with Dan, uh, who's been writing uh, a lot of the lyrics with me, and uh, he's, um, we'd love to do it. Uh, we'll have to find the right artist to do it. Uh, the good thing is, with, with Asheron and with this uh, album, Etaman, we've, we've created a, a universe which is related. So the, all these albums are related to, get to, to one of and another. Uh, and they've got different thematics. The first uh, Ashan was a, a, an environmental kind of focused uh, album. This one is more on uh, society and like our, our relationship, like yes, sociology, I guess, to a degree. Uh, and we know what the next, the theme of the next album is probably going to be focusing on. So we're going to be able to have like different thematics that are linking into each other. So maybe not now, but maybe in like a couple of albums when we finish kind of this cycle or even if it's never finishing, you know, if it's like a never ending cycle, cool. Well, let's, let's do it. I think we should definitely do it. Great. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome talking to you and, and learning about the process uh, of that that you brought to making this record. Um, we have one. Uh, I have one last question. It's what the 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 last section of our show is called. What's in your Walkman? And we like to ask our guests 
if they uh, have a particular band or album or song that they are listening to at the moment that they would recommend to our listeners and to your fans? Um, a lot. I've been listening to a lot of different stuff recently. I'll give you a few, okay? Sure. Um, the new Genghis Tron stuff is amazing. Uh, the song Dream Weapon. Uh, Genghis Tron, I think they are on uh, Relapse Record. Uh, I've been a fan of them for like years and they uh, they just came back and they, they it's like a very sincere kind of aggressive uh, uh, kind of nearly grindcore in the early days. Yeah. And this, al- this album sounds more like uh, uh, it's, a, it's a bit more chilled out, uh, but it has a real drummer in it. So drummer from Converge in it. And yeah. uh, the songs I've heard so far sounds amazing. So Genghis Tron is definitely one I would uh, recommend. Cool. Um, what else? Uh, actually, let me just go in my uh, uh, Spotify playlist. I've got tons of playlists. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of electro rock as well. Um, I've been listening to uh, Maserati Monolith, which is super cool. Uh, been listening to uh, The Last Mogwai, is kick ass. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Carpenter Brute is uh, yeah. some I really like Carpenter, Carpenter Brute is super heavy scene stuff but I, I really like it and uh, and then uh, yeah Oron Sipatutu last album is yeah. something I've been digging a lot as well that's that's awesome yeah they did a they did a terrific live show um, streaming show last year I don't know if you got a chance to catch that but I've uh, seen it yeah I've yeah, seen it yeah, we with really the production the, the cool stuff they had behind them with the screen doing some I uh, loved it I think, yeah. I think that was super smart yeah it was uh, yeah I, it was like a refreshing live show it was like they, they took it to a different level they had that huge space and, and like moved around in it with the colors and stuff and I thought they like brought like a, a different element to the live streaming so yeah that was really cool I agree. I think uh, right now they are one of these bands, uh, and they don't. It's not for everyone. Like some guys in my band don't don't like don't like them too much. I genuinely I, I love them. I like what they do. I think they are so uh, it's so refreshing in everything they do. So uh, I, I I love that. I think that's that's super cool. Killer. Hey, great! Thanks so much for being on the show, Victor, and best of luck with the release of Ataman Anka. Uh, yeah. on March 19th. Uh, looking yeah. forward to, to seeing you on the road. Thanks a lot, Randy. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you uh, on the road when uh, touring is uh, uh, opening again. Yeah, hopefully, man. Uh, all right, for our listeners out there, thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. Progcast is a Stuist Media podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Progcast Podcast. To learn more about Stuist Media, check out stuistmedia.com. Progcast is hosted and produced by Dario Albrecht and myself, Randy M. Salo, and is co-produced by Janine Stengel-Lewis and Blake Lewis. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday, and don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite albums that drop that week. See you next time, Prog fam. Thank you.